three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody, to the Weapons of Mass Discussion podcast. I'm Glenn Snyder with Ministry of Defense, LLC. On the phone once again during the coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, craziness, is Dr. Corbett Average. He's on the phone with us again. So, uh, What's that? Academic. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, the uh, pandemic. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Damn it, Glenn, look at you making us the pandemic academic. There we go. <laughs> that's it. Hey, man, you better coin that phrase, man. Go there and trademark that. Yeah, yeah, good luck with that. Slow as ever. They can't even get my damn Trump check to me. You think they're going to trademark anything? Oh, my God. Yeah, there's some failures on that front, is there not? Yeah, you know, everybody I know I've talked to is like, yeah, what'd you do with your check? I said, what check? Yeah. So, yeah, I said, thanks, IRS. Y'all, y'all raped me last year. Now you're raping me again. You can't win for losing, bro. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, yeah, they they don't they want their money, but when it comes time, they divvy it back out. You know, for some reason, I'm cursed. Maybe they're uh, just saving the best for last. Maybe you, maybe they'll have to throw you a little yeah, extra on the yeah, pile when you get. Yeah, they probably spend it to me like nickels or something. Say <laughs> it to you, pennies and nickels. That'd, that'd be some yeah, funny that's, shit. That's what I'll do. I'll get home and there'll be like some FedEx package on my porch. It'd be like you know. About three thousand dollars in nickels. <laughs> God Almighty, Lord, man. Well, dude, uh, I just want to let everybody know we got we Corbett, we were talking a little bit earlier, and uh, he's got something a little different he wants to do. Not we want to kind of get back on our track with self defense. Um, you know, over the last month we've just been really preoccupied a lot with what's going on around us, with the as we should be with the the coronavirus and and the change in life and the way things have been going on. Um, and we try to relate those things we discussed back into our. Um, uh, self-defense stuff you okay yeah okay as there was a clicking in the in the phone i was to make sure that uh make sure that that wasn't nothing i was doing but uh no, okay but yeah so you know we really want to try to relate that stuff to uh to uh you know self-defense self-protection and taking care of yourself but we're gonna kind of get back into nuts and bolts over the, over the next few weeks we really want to try to get back jump back in and get back into our core our core conversations and things that we really you know that, the reason that we were here to begin with um you know we want to have fun with it and stuff but you know it, it's 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 subject matter that we feel strongly about and we want to put out there so with, without further ado brother uh what you got today well I've been doing a lot of reading lately, obviously, you know, I read a lot anyway, but I've, you know, lately it's been put in the hyperdrive, and um, I came across an article in a uh, magazine recently, and one of the article, one of the instructors it was talked about was Ed Calderon, it was talked about, you know, uh, protecting yourself from criminals, this, that, and the other, of course, you know, it, that's, that's becoming the big rage now, is, you know, criminal profiling, criminal mentality, uh, you know, this, that, and the other, and I, I'm, I've I've got some pretty strong opinions about that, and a lot of people don't like them, and I really don't care. Uh, it's hard to envision, in my view, in my academic and professional view, what it is to to think like a criminal, and I say that as a as a backhanded compliment to, to about 99% of the people out there walking around and most of our listeners is because unless you have that trait inside of you, I, you know, you can be around them all day long and you can work with them. And yes, you will pick up on their, on their, their mindset. You'll pick up on their tactics. You'll pick up on their operations. It's a whole nother matter 
to import that those feelings and those views of the world as part of your own. Well, it took me back to to scripture, and I don't run from scripture. And for those of you, uh, yes, we're going to talk about Jesus tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my God! So, uh, if, for you, those of you who don't like that, then you know, we'll see you next week. You but, Jimmy you know, Swagger on us, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you know stuff. Yeah, you got that right. Uh, but it goes to uh, something in scripture, and and specifically it starts in um, Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And those are uh, red-letter verses. That, and for those of you who are, uh, you know, uh, New Age Christians, that means Jesus was actually talking. Uh, but he's talking, and I, I'll, I'll read this for you. It says, For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Well, what's interesting, Glenn, is you go back through, and as a, I'm a PhD in criminology, and this is, you go, this is, this is criminal justice or criminology 101. We go back to most of our legal code and how we look at how we investigate crime, how we prosecute crime, and ultimately, in, in from a position of you and I, how we teach people to protect themselves from crime is two Latin terms. Number one, mens rea, which is the guilty mind. The person has an intent to do something evil to you or, or to a victim. The second part of that is actus reus, which is the guilty act. It means they have formed a a, a guilty premonition in their in their thought process, and they actually carry it out. Okay. You know, for some of you, that's called a uh, some. If you do it with more than one person, that's called a conspiracy. Whether or not you do it or not, that's up to, up to the law in the specific location. What's interesting about that is on the federal side, sometimes conspiracy is actually worse than doing the act. Um, but that's another podcast. What's interesting, though, about this is if you look at the majority of criminal statutes, as a former magistrate, I looked at as one of the one of the key elements of a crime was intent. What did this person intend to do when they broke into your house? Well, in North Carolina, for breaking and entering, for that to make it a felony, you know, one of the things was was to commit felony or a felony or a larceny therein. And we had to determine when we were charging the person what their intent was before they even broke in the house, which is kind of difficult. So breaking, so just for my uneducated mind here, so actual breaking and entering is not automatically a felony. No. Mm, okay. No, not it. A lot of it will be in North. Now, this was specifically related to North Carolina. Now, right, so right. if you're listening to us in South Carolina or Colorado, whatever. Right. To be totally different in your state. Okay. But in North Carolina, where you're looking at the larceny a lot of times, it depends upon a dollar amount. Okay. Uh, in North Carolina, though, we're looking at what was your intent when you broke in? Uh, if I, if I broke, broke in your garage and stole uh, you know, a $100 drill, well, that's going to impact the, the charge. 
generally speaking, in North Carolina, our, our larceny statute is a felony if it's $1,000 or more. Uh, and there are variations in that, but generally speaking, that's what that is. Okay. But what we're looking at here is when we go to trial, or you know, if you're a patrol officer or a detective and you get out, and one of the things that you're going to have to determine when you're conducting an investigation is what was this person's intent. Uh, if you look at a lot of our assault statutes, assault with a deadly weapon, intent to kill, inflicting serious injury. Well, assault with a deadly weapon, inflicting serious injury, bookends the intent to kill. Well, we could infer a lot of things. A deadly weapon in North Carolina is obviously a, a gun, handgun, rifle, shotgun. Could be a knife. It, it could be any number of things. I mean, the statute lays out all these things that, that a deadly weapon can be. So we're looking at, did the person assault somebody with a deadly weapon? Did they inflict serious injury? That's the back part of the statute. Uh, does that mean that if somebody hits you with a, you know, a baseball bat and it caused your head to bleed, that's a serious injury under the laws of our state. But then we start looking as what, was there an intent to kill? Hmm. Obviously, I, as, as a former judicial official, I would look as, at you. You're, you're a very athletic guy, and if the guy swung the baseball bat at your legs, I cannot infer intent to kill on that because it's not likely to kill you. Right. If he swings it at your head, totally different matter because we've seen the video evidence of this, you and I, over oh, several yes. accounts. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to kill them. Does it have the propensity to kill them? Is there a possibility that what you're doing, the intent that you have, can it cause that person to die? And we can charge you with that. That is a long way of looking and, 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 and saying, of going back to where I'm, I'm looking at this, as a caveat to everybody, when I did that job, I put a lot of good people in jail. And I know a lot of people are scratching their heads. You really don't understand that some of the things that you do every day that could lead to you being arrested and, and you don't think nothing about it. And that's one thing, Glenn, you and I have preached mm -hmm. is you've heard me say this a thousand times. When they stop, you stop Right. in an altercation. Because the minute you go past and, and, and you go one step past what they were doing to you, now you're guilty. Right. Now we're looking at your intent. Well, a lot of what I'm seeing, and I don't, you know, and, and you and I have, you know, because of everybody's got the coof out here, we've not been around each other, and, and you know, obviously the way things are we just don't talk as like we have in, in in the past the research i'm doing i'm going back to a lot of what i'm seeing out in public and out in the what we say in the in the people in the know and one of the big things you're seeing now is is criminal mindset training mm. yeah okay fine not a problem and, and one of them is a very well-known name in, in the field right now is Ed Calderon. I respect Ed. I've, I've taken one of his classes. I've, I've, I've sat down to dinner with him. He is nothing short of a gentleman. 
he's very, very good at what he does. I will, you know, there's some things obviously I disagree on based on our perspective and our, our life experience. But yes, Ed is very, very good at what he does. Here's where I diverge from those guys. We go back to this verse. Christ, what he talks about when he's looking at evil, the evil thoughts, he asks, where did it come from? And it, it comes from the heart. Now, let's don't get too metaphysical about this, but if you go back to some of the training that we've gone through with, with from my instructor, Jerry, mind, body, and soul, your spirit. You know, those three have to coexist, and I hate to use that word. Somebody's going to put one of them stinking bumper stickers on our page. I can already see it. <laughs> if you do, I'll ban you. Uh, but uh, those three have to coexist to make a, to make a complete person. Uh, but what we're looking at here is, is this is coming from the core of who you are. So let me put this on on you, Glenn, because I want to ask you something to 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 bring in to bring full circle. And this goes with anybody. You could be a a, a down to earth great person, or you could be the biggest scumbag has ever walked the face of the planet. Have you ever lost anybody to sickness, accident, whatever the case may be, meaning someone in your family's died that meant quite a bit to you? Yes. Okay, you know, if you've, it's going to happen to everybody, you know, I, I look back, you know, this past Monday, it's been seven years since my mom died. So, as a normal functioning person, if you go back and look at how you reacted to that, were you able to mentally process and save my position. You know, I, I was right there when my mom died. I understood what happened to her medically. The doctors explained it to me. Mm -hmm. I knew that she had been in decline in health for a long time. I was able to mentally process it. Yes, this is real. This is happening. This is why she is in the state she's in. I'm sure in, in your case, that was the same way. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't mind opening up about that experience, and I don't want to know names or anything, but emotionally, how did you feel? Well, I actually hit you here a uh, month and a half or so ago. Um, first cousin of mine passed away. Now, <clears throat> growing up, we were tight. You know, growing up, we same age, you know, same grade in school, um, everything. And uh, <clears throat> he had had some issues, and he – um, his health was bad because of those issues and he went to bed one night and didn't wake up the next morning uh, had uh, cardiac arrest died in his sleep and you know even though you know, knowing that he had things going on and stuff you know and I can process it I, I totally understand it, it, it still was a shock you know a, a shock as far as you, know, you don't it was, un, it was unexpected that you know something would happen that soon you know 40, 47, just turned 47 years old, you know. Um, but but I, mean, I understood it. And I was able to process it and, you know, understand, okay, hey, you know, and, you know, move forward with it. But, you know, it was a shock because when, you you know, you share a lot of time growing up, you, you have that place in your heart. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, 
you know, I'm very fortunate. Both I still have both my parents. Uh, my dad, he he does he has is dealing with cancer, um, but uh, you know I understand what the ramifications of that and looking forward and you know being able to process and understand how what the future is going to hold um, at some point. Uh, but um, but to be able to you know know how to deal with that, how to uh, uh, you know, to support the other people around you that um, that have to deal with that too, that may not have the same mental ability to deal with certain problems. So what you're looking at there in your case, and I remember when you and I last time we had dinner together, you know, we it's about the time that, that, he, that he passed. Yes. You know, you're, you're able to process these things. You know, like in my dad's case, you know, Started out lung cancer, then a year later, completely different cancer pops up in his pancreas. That was the one that took right. him out. Right. Well, actually, if you really want to be technical about it, it was septic shock. But, you know, anyway. Um, when you lose somebody like that, and your mind is, is like, you're, mind, you're fully aware. But that all of a sudden, you get that, that sensation, I'm being torn apart. It literally feels like somebody has taken a chainsaw to your innards. It's like it's like it took some, it took part of who you are because it's, it's, right. part, it's part of your history. It's part of your past, right. and it's been taken away. So let's transpose that. We know then through dealing with with a normal experience, if, if we're going to as if we walk this earth long enough, we're going to lose people and things that mean that mean something to us. Right. Let's look at that from from this position now of of, of evil, and I'm and, and you know and, and what's interesting about that word is really you don't ever find a clear cut definition of evil unless you dive into theology. You know, as far as something that's in my opinion valid. Right. What's interesting about this is two things. Number one, rarely do legal codes and legal processes, meaning court systems, look at the character of a person, meaning what comes from their heart, as, as, as Jesus was talking about, other than the criminal record. You know, meaning how many times have they done this, how many times we had to deal with this, this person. Mm -hmm. That's how they base value judgments on how a person is, is deemed to be good or evil. And obviously there are differences in that based on the severity of the crime. Right. You know, I think, you know, that if if we have a person standing in front of us that's been arrested 20 times for, for breaking into newspaper racks versus one guy that's been charged one time for, for molesting a child, I think we can probably safely assume who's, who's the evil one and who's not. Absolutely. What's interesting, though, about this is how we really, and even in the academic literature and especially in our professions, we're not taking into account how these people view the world, how they form their opinions of the world, and how they contradict themselves with the world, meaning how do they finally cross that line, if there is one, to become a criminal, that you have well-intentioned people, meaning police officers and these consultants, that are that are in our industry mm -hmm. we want to teach people how to defend themselves from criminals when you really 
if you take this verse, you have no idea how to do that because you don't have those traits inside of you. And you can't see somebody's heart. You, know, right. you don't know what's in somebody's heart. You, you right. don't know that. No way of predict, predicting that. You know, through the through the correspondence that you know I, I have with, with a certain individual mm-hmm. um, that has done some unspeakable things to people. Evil things. I, I mean, you, you know, that, that there's things that, you know, you, you just can't fathom. Right. Absolutely not. Well, a little mental exercise, Every everybody can sit down and say, you know, if, if I were going to kill a person, this is what I would do. Stephen King. Everybody's done it. If, if you haven't done it, you know, you're just not being honest with yourself. I mean, come on, everybody has. Yeah. Like somebody like Stephen King who's made an entire living off sitting down thinking about those things. Right. You know, I mean, you take a person like, you know, that's a great example. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we mm-hmm. were talking about horror movies. Right. Um, and you're probably looking at people that, that if you met them on the street or met them in a social gathering, I dare say would probably be very, very cordial people that you'd most likely like to have in your home for, you know, for dinner and drinks. But you look at some of these people that are out there that I'm talking are, are, are predators. Right. I'm talking sophisticated predators. I'm not talking about your ordinary street-level criminal that has a problem with impulse control. That's the majority of what the what our police are dealing with, the people that really have no way of controlling themselves. Right. You know, I see something, I steal it. I don't have a concept of the future. I'll deal with what's in front of me now. What happens to me 10 months, two years from now, well, I'll deal with that when I get there. That's a good. That's a very good, very good point. Yeah. What happens though? How do you take a person that has spent their life, or give more Ed? You know, when he went with what he did before he became an instructor, mm-hmm. uh, police officers who have who have left that career and come into our industry. Mm-hmm. My contention is, it is very difficult if not impossible for these people to make that leap of I'm going to think like a criminal. Well, that's only half the equation if you take this verse with any seriousness. Yeah. Because there's far more to this person than the thought processes. It came from somewhere. And where that came from was the inner core of who they are. Hmm. I say this because you know, anybody knows me closely, you know, I'm not going to divulge, I'm not going to wear a lot of my laundry out, but, the, you know, there was a, a time in my life about 15 years ago, uh, I got, I got hemmed up on the wrong side of the law. Yeah. And I can say this, man, everybody, and anybody who's involved in what I did do, I didn't get called for. And I'm man enough to say that. And, and am I going to tell you what it is? Hell no, because, that, you know, only a fool would do that. <laughs> I'm not stupid. You know, I don't need ratings that bad. Uh, but I say this to people because I, I was I was a far different person then. You know, and when you have a an FBI and a and a and a state agent that will look at somebody and they're talking about me and said this person is a danger to society. 
Well, you know, I, I can debate that, but you know, and and at that point in time, they they were probably right. Well, I look at people though, like you know, and I and I'm going to preface this by saying this: I, I don't say this out of meanness or slander. I mean this actually out of nothing but love and respect, and as the utmost compliment. But people like Ed Calderon, people like you, people like friends of mine in law enforcement. You don't have that in you because you've never done those things. And it is very difficult to look at something and, and look at what you once were, or in most people's cases still are, and able to look at this verse and say, yep, that's exactly right. You know, you look at a lot of what he talked about here, you know, sexual immorality. Well, Glenn, the problem with our society now is, is you can't define what's moral and what's not because, you know, well, everybody gets to be who they are. Yeah. Uh, so we've already run afoul of that. Theft, I've often said, every crime, I don't care what crime it is, is a crime of theft. Yeah. Now, I've heard you explain that, in, in, that you know, yes. over and over and over at some of our seminars. Yes. You know, if a, if a woman is raped, that in and of itself is an abomination and a crime, and 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 I support death penalty more than I do more for for rape than I do murder. At least that bastard had the common decency to put the person out of the out of their out of the misery. But what they've done is stolen this woman's dignity. They've stolen her privacy. They've stolen her sense of peace. Yeah. And in some cases. They've stolen her ability to lead a normal, productive life. Yep, yep, absolutely. No, then talks about murder, adultery. Oh, we can't, you can't talk about that one. No, no, we can't do that. No greed. Well, we could have a field day with this one right now, couldn't we? <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> you know, you know. For those of you, I'm. I thank God, Glenn had the, the record button because I went off a few minutes ago on some things. <laughs> Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, malice, slander, arrogance. We got a major problem with that in this country. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But going back to what we were looking at is, is we have separated how we determine who is evil by looking at the wrong end of the body. You know, we're looking at somebody who who formed a, a, made a decision, a conscious decision. And, you know, you, you can debate this all you want. <clears throat> the things I've done wrong in my life, I sat there and knew full well that if I got caught, there's a good chance I was going to jail. The difference is, is I worked on the inside of the system and I knew how to get away with it. And that's where that comment came from. Hmm. Well, there's people out there far, far more sophisticated than anything that I could ever come up with. And trust me, they're getting away with it day by day. Absolutely, they are. Their thoughts are irrelevant. You know, you're, you're looking, uh, uh, we often say this, and you hear this quite a bit today. Well, we're, we're looking at the symptoms and not the disease. Well, the thoughts and the actions are the symptoms. What we're not looking at is, is the disease, which is down inside of that person. Mm -hmm. Can people change? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm people who don't who who say that. 
I'm not the same person I was 15, 20 years ago. Thank God. You know, I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I think you know that. Yeah. Uh, the difference is, is I'm able to go back and look at some of the things that went on in my life and understand versus people that have just stood on one side of it. You know, here's a great analogy, Lynn. It's almost like I I look at people like police officers and, and and our contemporaries in our industry. They're almost like they're looking at zoo animals. Well, you can stand outside the monkey cage and, and, and sit there and look at him and have him throw turds at you up against the glass all you want. <laughs> it don't make you a chimpanzee. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've stood on both even sides if you, of that Even if you throw it back. Yeah. <laughs> You're still in yeah. a chimpanzee. <laughs> I, I've stood on both sides of that glass. Right. And where we're failing our clients and we're failing our students and we're failing the people about better and trusting their well-being to us is a lot of these people, well-intentioned, are stepping in the waters that they're not going to be able to swim in. And it all comes back to this. You know, we have to make it, what am I dealing with here? Is this person, you know, something that's truly evil? Right. How many, how many people have we dealt with, you and I, and I'm speaking specifically to our female audience, uh, victims of domestic violence or, or, or that have been at some point in our life, I'm not going to say sexually assaulted, I'm just going to use the word raped. Oh, that's, that's what it is. Right. What would your, what would your best guess be and, and go back and think through the times that you and I have been together working out in public? It's been quite a few. I mean, it. I mean, we. You know, some people will share that. Some people won't. But you, based on their actions and the things that they maybe say or don't say, um, the way they word things, you feel like that's where they're coming from. Exactly. You know, and 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 I think probably looking back over the, over the time we've we worked together, the best one I remember was to let everybody know I'm not going divulge the location of this because that would you know that, that's a client's right, right. Yeah. privacy I'm not going to do that right uh, we had a a lady that's probably what would you say probably mid 30s yeah yeah we were working on technique and, and it was part of somebody's got you pinned up against the wall and it may have been one hand two hands whatever the case may be on, yep. on the throat yep she freaked out Yep, she couldn't handle that. She couldn't handle it. And to let everybody know what it was, was Glenn was actually the one that was doing the, the uh, he was the assaulter, she was the assaultee, and I was I was just, I was facilitating. And when I saw it, we modified the technique for her to get right. her something that she could work with. Yeah, because she now, turned pale white and uh, started, I mean, it was, it was, it was apparent really quick that uh, that she was definitely out of her element. Well, exactly, and and what that tells, uh, what that told us, she's been there before. Yep, that was like bringing back the bringing back them thoughts, taking her back you know, to that place in time. Right. Well, there would be people in our industry, Glenn, that I would say, well, we've got to get her past this. There's merit to that argument. Yeah. Well, you. 
That's not my job. You've witnessed that firsthand. Somebody doing, uh, somebody had been a victim of uh, domestic violence. The first thing they do is put them on the mat with gloves on and have somebody beating on them. Right. You know, I saw that in a, in a school one time, too. Yep. And, you know, where you were, where I was working with a woman who had been, you know, raped. Uh, and, and I mean a full-on violent rape. We're not talking about who said no and who didn't. We're talking this woman was violated in a way that no human being ever should. Right. Well, to her credit, she's, well, this isn't going to happen to me again. At the karate school I was working at at that time, she shows up, and I was put in charge of working with her, and the assignment that night is everybody's going to put on gloves and work on boxing. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the instructor, I'm like, have you lost your damn mind? Now, to put in context for folks, what this lady would do is when we would leave, it was after dark, 8, 8.30 when we would leave, and she would literally check both sides, make sure no cars are coming, and would sprint to her vehicle. She wouldn't wait on me outside. I'll walk you. No, no, I'm fine, and she's gone. But you're going to put this person in a position to where to teach her to, to defend herself, you're going to go in number one and beat on her. And number two, God knows what kind of, of memories you're dragging up in this person. Right. What kind of more mental mental erosion are you creating? Right. So then you become the person with with the evil. You know, the, the you got to understand one thing, and this is what I tell people when you're teaching someone. You can explain something. I don't care if it's physically how to do a technique. You can explain a concept like we're talking about tonight. You can explain that to the cows come home. And you can be completely 100% right in what you're doing. It doesn't matter. Because that person is going to understand based on their perception and their life experience. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, somebody that would disagree with us on technique or, 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 or method or philosophy, they make me better as an instructor. I'll listen to what you have to say. Yep. But what you're saying and what a person is hearing and understanding and putting back into their thought process is what's going to count. Yeah, and one thing I, it seems like I've noticed too is in, in, you know, over the years when we've worked with somebody that has been in that position in their life, they they make for a great student because they are they, they get totally immersed into what you're saying because they have skin in the game at that point. Whereas somebody that's never had that, they're you know they're 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 doing the training as a, a totally preemptive thing. Um, but somebody's been there. You it seems to me that when they get in there, you have their undivided attention, and they're there for a real reason. It ain't happening again. And I, I see I see to notice that you know that the reaction you get, um, the absorption of material you get when people that they really take that to heart if they've been there and they've lived that type of scenario. No, I can go back through my time, and I don't know about you. You can share this if you if you feel comfortable. But looking back over my instructors, I think, and out of the four, what I say, my four instructors, one of them, and I'm not really sure about his the reason he entered martial arts. I'm not going to speak for him, but the other three arose because. Either they had been bullied or they just had been in a situation where somebody showed them how tough they were not. 
and how well they could not fight. And and they vowed to themselves, this is not going to happen to me again. Yes. I don't know about your experience on that with your teachers. I mean, uh, for example, with us, with, with Sensei Jerry, you know, he grew up in, in, a, in a somewhat, you know, you know, it, in London, you know, it wasn't the equivalent of Beverly Hills. Let, let's put it that way. And you learned to fight or you became a victim. Right. And I don't, as far as my instructors, I don't really have that experience. But I do have a close friend who owns a school now who is an instructor, and that's where they came from. Uh, it, something happened to them, and they said, that ain't happening again. And, and that set them on a path, and now they own their own school. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have seen that firsthand, just not from an, my personal instructors, but from friends who wound up becoming instructors later down the road. You know, in my own personal journey in martial arts, you know, is that did not what we've just talked about did not apply to me. You know, and, and and you know, just to get that out, you know, I had always been interested in martial arts as a kid, and you know, but I was also one of those in this football, basketball, baseball. And my mom and dad said, "You know, you're not doing that because number one, we You'll don't have hurt. time. You'll get hurt." That's what everybody says. Yeah, exactly. In basketball, one of the most dangerous things you could do anyway. Yeah. Well, man, you know, it's funny you mention that because I've had my teeth knocked out one time in my life and it's playing basketball. <laughs> yep. I know plenty you of know, people jacked up ankles, knees, backs, all playing basketball. I got hurt playing basketball worse than I did playing rugby and martial arts combined. <laughs> See? You know, but, martial arts is safe. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, but, you know, looking back on that, you know, it was uh, – and also at that time, back in, you know, we were, we're kids of the 80s, you know, where we lived, there was just not a lot around. Right. And, you know, so it was kind of a blessing in disguise, you know, once I got, you know, I, right out of high school, I joined the National Guard. When I got back home, I went back to, a, to my first teacher, and that's how I started. So I really did not experience any bullying or, 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 or being criminally victimized. Uh, so... I had just had this gnawing inside of me, inside of me, you know, you know, I don't know if it's evil or not, but it's just something inside of me that had always been there, a fascination. Um, I see that in you. I see that in, in Lee. Um, other people that we've trained with, not so much. Right. You know, so, but where it gets very tricky is channeling that as far as the person's been a victim of, of these, these, this type of, of existence. It's, it's not a mentality, it's an existence. You know, for anybody that's really interested in what I'm talking about when I'm talking about criminal evil, I'd highly recommend you look up somebody named Carl Pandram. Uh, he was about 100 years ago. He was, a, I mean, just a nasty individual. A nasty man. And you will see what the definition of I'm probably going to step on some of my, I, I think, I hope none of my theology professors are listening to this. But he's probably the closest to a person I've ever seen born without a soul. Yeah. Um, no remorse. You know, those okay. I'm I'm going to get the psycho. Well, that's a, that's a trait of psychopathology, a sociopathology. You're exactly right. 
but then you're going right straight back to we have to have this this discuss this discussion. Where do these thoughts come from? And then you start getting the chicken versus the egg argument. Well, did the thought come before the brain, or did the brain come before the thought? Or if you read scripture, did it come from somewhere else? That's my point. Yeah, it comes from the heart. As a believer, as a believer. Yeah. I, I think you know, going back to our example of what you as a as a as a good decent man in, in society feels when somebody is gone from you, it tears you apart inside. Right. Even though you know exactly what happened to them. Well, let's flip and look on the other side of the quarter. This person knows they're breaking the law. This person knows that they're going to cause somebody just an enormous pound of, amount of pain and anguish. But they do it anyway. They don't care. They don't register. Whatever the case may be. You know, there, there's no way. I would find it very difficult to believe. Just from, I mean, take my academic training aside. Just throw it out the window at this point. I would find it very difficult to be able to believe that you can take a person that would do such things as put a cat in a microwave. God, no. No, 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 no. I, this is stuff. I'm, I'm serious when I'm saying this. Yes. Uh, that will take a, a pair of bolt cutters and cut a woman's nipples off. Uh, that will have sex with a woman while a four-year-old is riding on his back and they're playing rodeo. Are you good? No, 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 no. I'm dead serious. These are, this is, these are actual cases this I've been involved case, in. Oh, my God, man. Sick um, people, man. I, I find it difficult to believe just from a human perspective that a person cannot look at what they're doing and saying, I'm causing this person or this animal just a pain that I could never comprehend. But you do it anyway. Just to, just to look at this with an with a ad hoc statement and say, you know, well, it's a, it was a decision-making process and they're, they're, they have no feeling. Well, where does the feeling come from, doctor? Oh, my God. Boy, you're digging deep on that one. Oof. Well, you have to because, yeah. Glenn, in our position with you and I, mm -hmm. we're going to confront this. Yeah, you know, sure. We have, a, we have a client that's going to come and say, you know, I need, for, but in order to send my, my professionals out to do their job into an area where these things may happen. Right. Well, it's our job to go research this, but it's also our job to look. look and I've said this a hundred thousand times. What you think and what you feel is irrelevant. Right. This person that's assaulting you, attempting to take your life, what they're thinking and feeling is what we have to worry about. We, we, we can deal with your rights later. Yeah, that's what we, you know. I was going to say. Yeah, we talked about that. You know, we talked about that recently about you know people. I have a right to do this. I have a right to do that. You absolutely do have a right, but your rights don't matter if they don't recognize them. Right. If they're you know, intending so, to do you harm, that all that's gone out the window. You know that that the the, the equivalent I tell people, and I've got into some pretty heated debates with this with with some some female colleagues about the about the rights. Mm -hmm. Well, let's look at it medically. You know, seven or eight years ago, when you, you remember, I, I my appendix ruptured. Mm 
Okay. So, should they have operated on my appendix, and because it had already started to rupture, I'd stay in the hospital for, what, two days? Yeah, it was right for vacation, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Fantastic. <laughs> or should they have removed, if, if, you know, let's let's look at that, you know, remove the appendix that could cause them to go septic and die, or we're going to go ahead and take that, uh, you know, he's got a bad toenail that could get infected. Let's just go ahead and take that off first. We'll worry about the other one later. Hmm. No, 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 no. We don't do that. We, we deal with what's going to cause the most damage and potential long-term devastation first. Right. You know, if you want to have that discussion about people's rights, well, I shouldn't have to, ch- uh, to change my phone number to stop somebody from harassing me. I'm 100% on board with you on that. Right. The problem with it is, is it ain't reality. Right. I mean, you bring a good perspective. I mean, being that you've been in that, you know, you've dealt with that from a professional level, you know, in the criminal justice system, you know, seeing that day in, day out, yeah, you bring a perspective. This a lot of people just don't have because they've not they don't have had the opportunity to see that. You know, it, you know, I think that's I think that's important. You know, it's just like with anything else, you bring that experience and you can and you can justify and explain things based on that experience, and and, and make it on an understandable level where the average Joe can 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 get that mental picture of what's going on. So I, I think that's great. Well, Glenn, you know, well, when you and I teach together, you know. We, we're uh, kind of like the odd couple because you've got the physical skills that I don't have. You know, there, there's, you know, physically there's just things that you can do that I, I, I could never even dream of doing. But I'm the other side of the coin. Right. And so it makes it a complete coin. Right. You know, and then on my side of the coin, you know, I've, I'm just, you know, like I said, you know, I've, I've worked, for the law and there was a point in time in my life I'd done some things that I shouldn't have done and it just that's that is what it is right you know in my defense it never happened before it never happened again so there we go I've often said this I was having a discussion with a friend of mine at church one time as a pretty high-ranking official on a certain three-letter agency and I said you know how many times do you deal with criminals that have one offense on the record. He said, very, very rarely. Okay. I said, so let's stop and think about this. You deal with a person and you look at their criminal record, they've got 10, 20, 100 charges. You know what you're dealing with. When you get a person that's been charged with something one time and you never hear from them again, that is either very, very good or it's very, very bad. It's very, very good because it means this was an anomaly in this person's life. Or, or they really got really good at getting. Yeah, they got really good at getting away with it. Right. <laughs> right. You know, what? I often say this to people too, and with with police departments. You know, let's look at your, at your job. Mm-hmm. If you went to your to your direct supervisor and said, "You know, I'm doing great. I had a, I had a thirty percent success rate on my own on on product development this week." What do you think is going to happen to you? Not going to stay around too long. Yeah, you had a seventy percent failure rate. <laughs> right. But see, when we yeah. look at our law enforcement, and I'm and, and guys, I'm not throwing mud on you because I've worked with. It. And we both have friends in law enforcement, right? You know. But generally speaking, 
most about, about in homicide investigations, you're looking about a 70 percent, you know, open unsolved. Right. And that's probably the, the worst crime there is. What else is there out there? But we're going to tout, you know, well, you're going to look at some, well, I called a dumb criminal. Well, my response to that is, well, how many times did he get away with it before you caught him? Yeah. Well, you don't, that, now you'll hear some giant crickets on that one. We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's, tr that's very know, true. Absolutely true. You know, so when we're looking at this, we have to understand as professionals, you know, dealing with, with teaching people to, to and I, I, God, I hate to say this because I'm going to sound like just a giant tool to be safe, right? Okay. Um, I take a different approach to that. This bodyguarding, bullshit. Just complete and utter bullshit. You know, that's another podcast. Don't, don't, I'm not going down that path tonight. And I said <laughs> yeah, I yeah, we don't have enough time for that one. <laughs> yeah. But, but we have to, as instructors, be able to teach people who may be very, very high in the public eye, and you know who I'm referring to. Yes. I'm not going to be there. Something goes sideways. You've got to deal with this. Yep. We give them the tools. But also part of that is, is understanding what we've been talking about here is you have no idea what's going on behind those eyes of this person and what's behind that, that, that shirt. Now on their left and your right, about midway up their chest. Yep. That's where people are missing the boat. I'm sorry, guys, but, you know, you, we got to think like a criminal. You don't have it in you unless you've been one. Right. See, I mean, that's excellent, excellent point. And I think if a lot of people stopped and thought about it, they wouldn't say that they wouldn't say things that way. Um, they may just stop and take a pause and, and, and think a little deeper into that. And I'm hoping that's what, when we, we discuss these type of things and you put those, um, put that information in that perspective that that people can get that out of it and it makes them think and that's what we want that's we want to generate thought we want to generate people's the, the mind juice is flowing you think about things think things through that that's what we want that's exactly what our, our goal is with our our ministry of defense youtube channel or, and our podcast and what we do is we want everybody to, to, to just take this information take our point of view stir it up in there and think through it you know, maybe take that information, go out and start investigating things for yourself. And I think that makes everybody better. But again, you know, our, our sole purpose is, is to teach people to try to protect themselves. And that's not just with hands and feet. It's with your mind, you know, and, you know, being able to, to have a thought process and understand things. So, man, that was good stuff, brother. What do I, what do I, what do I, I'm going to let you tell this one. What do I tell everybody about hands and feet? If you have to use them, you messed up a long time ago. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, you know, if I croak tonight, that's the one thing I want you to remember that I've taught you. Yep. You know, if it gets to that point, you've already made a major, major mistake. First time we ever worked out together, you made that statement. I'll never forget. I mean, when you said that, I was like, hmm, okay. You know, and it made a lot, and it made, it made total sense when you said it. And uh, it's, it's, it, it is the absolute truth. You know, you, a lot of things that happen physically could have been avoided. 
or could have been handled without going that direction. A lot. Yep. And uh, and I'm not talking about just you know two old good old boys going at it. They could have walked away. I'm talking about even from an assault perspective. You know if you know, and we get into this in a lot of our, our corporate seminars and stuff. You know, repetition. You know, do you do the same thing every day? Do you have the same routine? Do you go to the same places? Do you do everything alike? And what that is, that, that pattern, people can learn that pattern. And then they can take advantage of that. So it's just all those type of things. It, 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 it's a pretty big plate of food there to, to eat through. Um, more so than what we have time for today. But um, think about those things, you guys. I mean, it's that's why we're discuss. That's why we're here. That's why we're discussing this stuff. You know, and we love to hear your opinions on it. Um, you know, we'd love to get your feedback on it and, and, and to, to kind of promote a little something different, you know, corporate writes about a lot of, a lot of the information that we talk about on our podcast. He writes about that in our, in our blog, ministry defense.us slash blog. Go on there. He puts words, he puts those thoughts into words on the paper or onto HTML file. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a far better writer than I am a speaker, you know, and this is, you know, for us, you know, folks, you know, each week we get better. At least I hope we do. We try. <laughs> yeah, but but right, you know, when he when you write that stuff and when you put it down on there, I mean, you articulate it to the point. I mean, it it everybody, you go in in depth on some really really deep material, but you put it in a in a in a platform where people or in a, a way that people can look at it. And it's very easy to understand. And I just, I invite everybody to go check that out. You know, go, go. I know you got time. You're stuck at home these days. Go sit down and read a little bit. Like I say, ministryoffense.us slash blog uh, and check that out. And uh, we have a whole list of videos. I mean, we've been doing this almost four months now. And we've got a ton of videos on our site. And, you know, we love for you guys to go back through and check out the podcast. If you haven't seen some of the others, uh, go check them out. You know, uh, watch through them. We've got our vlogs. Um, some other things we're, you know, we, we, we kind of, we're wanting to have guests and stuff on here by now, but, uh, the, uh, the lockdown situations that we're having around is, is making it tough for us to get people in at the moment to, uh, sit down and have a conversation with us. Cause I really would like to have them in person instead of, you know, trying to do everything on the phone. Um, I would like to have a few special guests. So, you know, that'll be in the works for the future. Um, we'll, we'll get that when things kind of get back to where we can all mingle again. Uh, and we sit down and have a round table discussion on some things. We'll, we'll get some people in here. But uh, with that said, um, it was a great one today, man. Uh, I, I got my juices flowing a little bit. I'm, I'm ready to go do some more reading now. Uh, well, you know. Dig up some of the old the old books and stuff that uh, that we've we've touched on in the past, and uh, and bring some of this stuff up. But I love it, man. This is this is a good conversation. Well, I appreciate it, you know. And I just everybody, you know, we want what's best for you. We want everybody to thrive. And right now. You can either make a choice. You can either let yourself go, or you can build yourself up. You got nothing. There's no excuse right now. Absolutely, that, you, you, absolutely right. You know, and and we want you to be the best version of you and be as you can be. And if you're down right now, hang in there. Absolutely, we're gonna get through this. Absolutely. So you guys, again, make sure you click that like, subscribe, notification bell, um, join in the conversation. Let us know what you think. Contact us any way you like. Um, Check out our website, ministryofdefense.us, and uh, ministryofdefense.us slash blog. Check out the blog site. But until next time, you guys be safe, do the right thing, and uh, and study. We'll see you next time, you guys. Take care.